You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. We have our coffee glasses today, and in honor of, was was David Bowie ever knighted? I'm going to assume he was. Sir David Bowie. <laughs> Rest in peace, good sir. And if he wasn't, he should have been, That's dang it. That's right. Cheers to that. Yes, cheers to David Bowie. <sighs> mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff, sir. That Chemex is beautiful. It's beautiful, yeah. We got beans from Buddy Brew. Got their Guatemalan blend. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's quite delicious, easy. sir. Good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have some more coffee to try next week. Oh, we sure will. Yeah. The beauty of doing a coffee podcast is having everybody give you coffee to try. So there's no shortage. No, there's no shortage of coffee or fun here on G4D, aka Grounds for Discussion. Ah. I love it when we do that. When we just nail that that, that sweet spot right there. Mm. It's so good. Beautiful. It is so, so good. You know what's also so good? What? That we are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, and have our own website, which is g4dpodcast.com, where you can download every single one of our episodes. And we want to give a shout out to another review that we got. And I I'm had just it, dropping everything. I God. had it on my phone. Adam's dropping his. We're we're a hot mess right here. Ooh. But I'm pulling it up right now. I have it if you want me to read it. Oh, oh, you do from uh, Beauty Bean. Beauty Bean, Kate. aka Kate. Kate B. Shout Title. out to Kate or Caitlin. The can't call her Katie. No, it's Caitlin. Oh, yes. okay. Title. I'm hooked. Five stars. As an open-minded music lover, I really appreciate and enjoy this podcast. From indie to electronica, rap to R&B, and everything in between. I love having this on during my morning commute. Nothing like a hot, oh gosh, nothing like a hot cup of coffee and some solid conversation. Excited to see what you guys listen to next. Aw. Aw, thanks, Kate. That makes me so happy. Thank you so much, Caitlin. You are G4D's person (laughs) of this episode. (laughs) Of this episode. (laughs) And we'll be person of G4D until another five-star review comes about. (laughs) Yes. Yes. He's Adam. I'm John. We're your hosts. That's us. And as you could tell... We've both had our coffee today. We've had our (laughs) coffee today. We are wound up. Woo! Yeah, and we should be, because we're talking about David Bowie. Who's that? Um, Well, it's a type of... uh, bow and arrow the david oh, bowie okay. line. all right yes yeah. yes i I, th- I think i've heard of it yeah his cousin henry ty <laughs> no i don't know it's terrible but yeah so <laughs> it was terrible but it was so good i still loved it anyway yeah. i don't know why you know this is why i love having you as a co-host even when you come up with a lame joke i still laugh oh thanks it still works i've been using the sleep mask for a couple of weeks now. I yeah, really like I was about it. to say, what is that doing here with so, all of our podcast equipment? It's just my desk is near my bed, and I wear this sleep mask to bed, but it's black. And 
I kind of put it on. I look like David Bowie in that Black Star music video, right? Oh, yeah. I'm a black star. I'm a black star. Oh yeah, you can kind of do right. Like David yeah. Bowie cosplays getting getting there. Yeah, yeah. I always liked. Um, you've seen Fly the Concords when they had the David Bowie episode. Right? Yes, the song called Bowie. Yeah, well, you sexy, sexy eye patch, Brett. <laughs> so good. I also like in Moana when Jermaine dressed as the crab guy. Mm. He's like the shiny. I felt like a David Bowie song too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Had look, at to all, have look at all these influences here. Yes, he he's he's got a historic career. Done anything and everything has been so influential. Like the guy, oh, man. What can you even say? What? Yeah. What else can we add? Everybody's already added enough about David Bowie. We can't add anything further. Yeah, but we're gonna try to in a new segment we're calling from first to last. Which is where we review an artist's first album and then their last album. And so in this case, we're going to be reviewing David Bowie's first album, yep. appropriately titled David Bowie, and yep. his last album called Black Star. And the reason we are doing this is because A, it is a slow new uh, music month. And very slow. Uh, very slow. And B, David Bowie's birthday was just around the corner and today of recording is when he passed away from cancer. Mm-hmm. So we wanted- Two years ago? two years ago yeah it's it's crazy so we wanted to kind of just have a quick chat because i have never listened to his first album and neither have i prior to this i listened to his last album which is we'll get into that when we do but Mm -hmm. yeah let's let's talk about this first album called david bowie (laughs) oi that's all i have to say Uh, this is a i this is not one of the first albums I would show a person who had never heard of David Bowie to. Same here. Yeah. And, uh, oh boy, I was, I've been really holding back all my feelings pretty much all day. I've been wanting to tell you so badly about yeah. my feelings about this. And it's came out in 1967. Yep. So same year as Pink Floyd's first album when they still had Sid Barrett and all that and his name will be mentioned again throughout the review of this album for sure mm-hmm. and that kind of puts you in a good perspective of yeah. what kind of sound this album has and it really goes all over the place and listening to this album you can kind of see what David Bowie was going for in his sound and style but he really hasn't perfected it as of yet or to what will come in his career no but a lot of his elements there's a lot of instrumentation different t- kinds of instruments there's sitars and trumpets and my favorite the saxophone which we'll talk about later on black star mm. but it's just this weird like vaudeville rock mm. i can't even describe some of it sometimes it's got circus elements it's yeah. playful it's you know silly it's almost like theatrical mm-hmm. at points too. And I mentioned the Pink Floyd element because it almost sounds at certain points like a Sid Barrett song. You know, I'll yeah. only love you on Tuesday and maybe Monday or whatever the lyric is on that. There's uh, there's several groan-worthy moments on this, I'm afraid to say. And I don't mean to <laughs> kick him while he's, you know, no longer with us, but... Well, this, Oof. from what I was reading, this was his least commercial success. Yes. And he was dropped from his record label label from this. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I can see why. Yeah. So there's, 
there's just some weird lyrics here, like on the example of a uh, come and buy my toys. Yeah. That now that one's a little creepy. A little bit creepy L- about a little man creepy. who sells toys to little girls and boys and then gets taken away by the cops at the end. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. there's some questionable kind of dare I say pervy moments to this album that are just a little uncomfortable and I think you know sexuality is a big theme in David Bowie's music. Mm-hmm. And he had not has not perfected that aspect of it just yet. No, not but, whatsoever. But you can see, you know, the storytelling elements, the instrumentations, like his head is in the right direction. I just think this was a test album to see what it would all sound like together. You see some elements that would later play into his career, but Yeah, I see it have uh, you listened to Hunky Dory? Yes. Yeah, I Hunky Dory is very influenced by this album. I think the weirder aspects of that album, like the Kooks song, I could definitely see as a B-side to like this album or something. Yeah, I would agree with that sentiment. My biggest problem is here is just that it comes from this school of thought, I would imagine at this time, and this is just me kind of hypothesizing at this time. Same school of thought that Pink Floyd and all them had. Like, you know... 1967 let's see there's a lot still going on at that point is vietnam going on right about then you're asking the wrong history professor well either way you know there's a lot of things that are just going on in the world and in england in general at this Mm -hmm. point and that kind of plays into this and there's that free love aspect there's that you know kind of like anti-establishment we're not going to listen to the government type of thing. There's one song that's, you know, all about like, you know, we're we're not going to stand for what you're trying to force feed us. Yeah. And all those kind of elements, you know, plenty of other artists have doing, done them and all that good stuff. But he just writes some really silly lyrics. There's one about like his girl losing her hand to, to Jack Frost and then saying, <laughs> oh, that's not cool. Really? <laughs> I forgot about that one. Really? I like the one where the person gets a bomb dropped on their head. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Didn't he also say like a line too, like, we will eat you? Yeah. I think he was talking about like the government or something like that. And the first the first song, Uncle Arthur. Uncle Arthur. 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 Jesus. <laughs> Uncle Arthur. Uncle Arthur here. What's his profession? Well, a, actually, he writes short, short well, stories. Well, he lives with his mom, and then he gets a wife, and then he's like, this wife is boring. I'm going to move in back with my mom. Wait, what? Okay, sure. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so ugh, this one definitely I can see why people didn't like it. I why it wasn't, why too. But it's just the start of a career, and... He did perfect what he was going for. Yeah. I mean, later in his life and later absolutely. in his music. And I can I, see the elements of what he, I don't think he found himself yet or what he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And he had so many styles that fluctuated back and forth in this album. So it's kind of see, okay, he can do a rock song. Okay. He can do a weird goofy song. Okay. Now we can tell a story. So all those elements come later in his life when he's adopting these different personas and different styles for the albums. Now, I will say this. I do like the instrumentation on there. There's some really nice, good, uh, nice, good. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice, not good. (laughs) Nice, nice, not good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think the instrumental aspect is probably the strongest 
thing about this album. Yes. There's even some weird things that he does with vocals on this album, too, that really just lost me. Like, there's one point where he's just babbling like a child. And I understand that's kind of a constant theme throughout this album. But I don't need David Bowie going, blah, 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 into the <laughs> mic. Like, that's practically what he's doing at one point in this album. It's just like, this is just... This is, like, too kooky. No wonder this thing didn't catch on with people. Yeah. Like, people liked Weird. They liked Pink Floyd. Yeah, but, but this is just bizarre, just as in a why is this happening kind of thing. I, I had this look on my face listening to it, like, wait, what? What? Yeah. It, yeah. it felt like somebody, you know, we did not know what David Bowie would do eventually, but it sounded like someone trying to copy David Bowie in some way, but failing terribly. At first, I thought this was a parody album. I really thought that. I thought yeah. like, okay, you know, what song is this based off of that's making fun of, you know, like, but I'm not laughing. Yeah. And maybe it's because I'm not from that time period or listened to it within that time period, but I don't, I don't see how this even works to this day. It doesn't, it hasn't even aged well to this day, especially considering how much great stuff he came on, came out with afterwards throughout the rest of his career. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just an odd album. Yeah, it's definitely one I would skip in his discography. But... Oh, so 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 you're gonna give your rating of? Uh... Yeah, this is this is, I think it has its novelty. So definitely listen to it just for, you know, hardcore fan aspects. But it's a stream it. I'm I'm gonna be meaner. Oh no! I think this is a leave it. I yeah. really I think unless you are a diehard David Bowie fan and you really run out of everything else to listen to, yeah, I it's think it's really Im- not worth it. I think it's Im- important in some ways as okay, his head hasn't the cogs are not turning yet, but he's slowly starting to get there. So the fact that he bounced back from this album with everything else he's done just says yes. a lot. So I think it's important in that aspect. And I was just like, okay, I can see what's going on here, but. I would not listen to this on a regular basis like I would with I think other I'm fine albums. never listening to it again. Yep, to I'm I'm, gl- I'm glad I did, but I'm good. <laughs> There's not even a single on there that I would say I would listen to again. No, exactly. And and that's really why I'm giving it a leave it. <laughs> you know I what? I understand it's David Bowie and I understand that that this episode is devoted to him. So, but whatever he had planned at that point, yes, there might have been seeds of things to come. But I, I think probably it was a tough lesson to learn. If you're going to be kooky and you're going to be silly and all that kind of stuff, you still have to come up with songs that are memorable and catchy and, and yep. catchy and fun to listen to. And really, that has none of it. This album is like when he was in Labyrinth, right? And he mm. had a conversation with all the Muppets and the Muppets decided to write a David Bowie album themselves. That's what it would sound like. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Just That's kooky what it sounds and like. all over the place and not focused and just... Yeah, I could absolutely see Muppets singing this album. <laughs> I, I really could. <laughs> but, uh, you, you hit it right on the head there, sir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I For a second, I was thinking, like, did Weird Al's write this album <laughs> or something? Like, that's what it sounded like at some points. Yeah, so that was his first album, and through his career, you know, we're getting to his last album, which is called Black Star, which came out in 2016. Which is his 25th album. Wow. Wow. So quite the jump we're going to, and I, I, I think it's, I think it's an interesting jump. Yes. And unfortunately, it's obviously the last album of his career. And he wrote this while he was dying of cancer and was playing and singing and everything on it. Yeah, yeah. It's 
you, you know how some people share photos like the last known photo of an artist mm -hmm. like the last one of him is really kind of just haunting not because he looks like sickly or anything but because he looks happy it's it's very interesting i think at this point he accepts it and you mm -hmm. can kind of hear some of the that aspect in the album itself like just kind of like i'm i'm gonna float out but i'm like content and like this was my life and yeah it's it's definitely coming to terms with it it's definitely acknowledging how powerless you are it's acknowledging that you're going to be leaving behind a legacy mm -hmm. you're going to be leaving behind your family your loved ones and it's an album that's really uh, i it's if, haunting yes. but like in a wow this is incredible to listen to yeah i it's i think this album is really aided by the jazz band that he brings on there and i if I could pull it up really quick, the jazz band that he brings on is a NYC-based jazz combo. Um, it's it's Donnie McCaslin, his his jazz jazz combo. I'm not really okay. familiar with them, but they they really elevate this album. The saxophone in general elevates this album. I and Trent Reznor recently did this on his album. Was it Bad Witch? The, the one yes. I really like, yeah, mm. where the saxophone played a prevalent role. And, like, I don't know, there's something about like this dark atmospheric music and that blazing saxophone that's really cool. And David Bowie has used saxophone in a lot of his music. You know, the first album we just talked about, there's saxophone mm. elements. Um, you know, what else has saxophone? I, I'm blanking right now. <laughs> well, bum, 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 yeah. <laughs> But you're, you, I, I get. But your you know point. what I mean. Like you're, it, you're right. If you play it a certain way, it can be very foreboding. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree. I think that's really just a. I don't know. It does something to this album. Yeah, and it takes it to a whole whole other level. Because if we're being quite honest, he's singing this album, but he's tired. Yeah, you can hear it in his voice too. Yeah, and I mean he's given it his all. It's not that he, you know, he's not putting as much passion into it but you know when you go through cancer and all that you're being worn down on a daily basis yeah his voice is a lot deeper a lot more mellow yeah and it, it never feels like he is trying to give in to what is happening to his body no he is he is a hundred percent in this yes it's it's i'm not giving up like i'm not going down with the fight type of thing mm -hmm. and you know there's quite a few lyrics that that are kind of symbolic of what's going on you know him talking about getting x-rays and then coming home with sue which you know i'm assuming he refers to as like the tumor or the cancer development mm -hmm. i'm you know i'm not quite sure offhand what he had had but you know he there's definitely a lot of references to what he's experiencing and he does it in a way that thankfully is subtle but you still know what it's about. Yeah, like going into this album, you know what it's about. Mm -hmm. Because you were telling me a black star is a star that has died, right? Yep. But is just kind of like a floating mass. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of Him just there. kind of floating through life mm -hmm. and what he's going through right now. Yeah. Yeah. And man, let me tell you something about this album, Adam. It hits you like a ton of bricks. Yes. It really does. I... I was telling you, 
that originally I'd probably heard one or two songs from the album, whatever the singles were. Yeah, probably and, Lazarus and Black Star. Yes. Yeah. And I never really got around to listening to it front to back mm. until now for this podcast. And I was purposely kind of avoiding it just kind of for personal reasons, just because I kind of, I don't know, like the, it just knowing what it's about and the topic about it, I knew it was going to kind of bring me down. It was going to bring make me depressed. I understand that there's certain things in life that you can't control. But for me, I typically like music to be an escapism. And with this album, I feel the same way about it that I do about Mount Erie's recent album. Oh, gosh. Where... I'm okay listening to it just once. I acknowledge the importance and the greatness of the album. There's no doubt about it, but I don't know if I'm either going to come back to it anytime soon or if at all ever again. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like that Mount Erie album is hard to listen to because that one is at least more direct with what it, its subject matter is and what it's talking about. And it's almost like poetry in some way Where this is. album. The, the themes are a little more subtle and he doesn't really fully explain, you know, I have cancer, I'm dying. But the metaphors of like the black star and, you know, going out and stuff like that are there. But yeah, I could totally see a one time listen. It It's not one of like, oh, I'm going to put on black star today and like listen to yeah. that. It's very much this is an album you listen to front and back. Yes, kind of just, yes, you do. You have to. It's one of those things. But because there's only yeah. what? Eight, seven, seven, songs. seven, seven songs yeah. uh, on there. And the opener is like 10 minutes long. Yeah. And it is that song especially is very haunting because he kind of like has like these like vocals in the beginning and at the end of the track that are very modified and very like crunched together. Yeah. And kind of like flows off the beat towards the end and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a very, very interesting concept of an album because it really stands on its own and it's one of those kind of things where like it's very personal mm -hmm. and it still sounds like i i don't i don't know it's not small in scope but it definitely feels like you've gone on this kind of same journey with him oh yeah this album is like a total journey yeah like and a lot of that is definitely thanks to the jazz but what you end up experiencing, you almost kind of feel the same pain that he does. Mm -hmm. He does a good job of it being very atmospheric. Oh, absolutely. And I and I know, and you know, of course, John can't go a podcast without mentioning Boards of Canada. But he did cite Boards of Canada as an influence on this. Yeah, so. and also I believe he worked with James Murphy from LCD Sound System on this yes, one too. Yeah, which absolutely makes sense because I feel like some of that kind of uh, build up. And some of that, like, kind of, you know, really key uh, chorus points on this album were really thanks to someone like James Murphy, I think. Yeah. And it also helps, too, to have someone like James Murphy at your disposal because you can still come up with an album that's relevant to what's going on now. And that's one of the strong things about someone like David Bowie was that he was always experimenting, always something, always doing something new. But he also knew what would work and what wouldn't work in an album, obviously besides the first album that he did. <laughs> he, learned, he learned quick. Yeah, he did. He did, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know what much more I have to say other than that, like, wow, I this, this has been sticking with me all day. Add on top of the fact that, you know, he's gone. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm a David Bowie expert by any stretch of the imagination. Same. 
In fact, he's one of those artists that's on my list this year to really listen to his stuff from front to back. I mentioned before listening to Queen stuff like front to back and Billy Joel and other random artists instead of just listening to the hits again. Mm-hmm. I really want to get enveloped in these albums from beginning to end. Yeah. And not listen to them in the context of like, here's a great song, another great song, another great song. I want to know the full scope of everything. And like you said, that's how you have to enjoy this album. You have to listen to it front to back. And as emotionally striking as it is, it is definitely one that is worth owning it. So it is getting an own it. Nice. Yeah, I agree with you. I've listened to the the big Bowie album. So Ziggy Stardust, Hunky Dory I have on vinyl, this one Black Star. So I really, listening to that first album and listening to this last album, just how far he's come and his just style and his feels and his music. And I want to take that journey and listen to all the other stuff now too. And I can't wait. Yeah. But yeah, this, this black star album though, I, I bought it when it came out. Oh, you did. I didn't yeah. Know. I have it on CD. I didn't fortunately did not get the vinyl package, but this would sound great on vinyl. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of hidden things in the vinyl too. I've heard like the, the print of the black and stuff. There's like hidden messages and stuff in it really? and stuff like that. Yeah. There's a lot of weird things going on with it, but I just learned today that the stars that are below the main star, like the big black star mm-hmm. spells out his name. Bowie. Yeah. Like mind blown. Yeah. There's a lot of cool little, it's very simplistic in its album, like the cover and stuff, but there's a lot of hidden things in there, which I really yeah. like, but yeah, I, this, this album capt- captivated me and made me feel like I knew what he was going through without having it. And yeah, yeah, this is definitely a got to have it for me. The top rating. So, uh, Oh wow. You, Oh, you're going even above. Oh yeah, totally. This is, this is a masterpiece. I think. Yeah. 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 I, I think I would need to, I don't know. It's not one of those I can come back to a lot, but like, you know, one time, a couple times a year, you're just like, damn, I can go for some black star, especially today of all days, you know, you know what? You're right. You're right. I'm going to do this again. Oh, uh- I'm I'm gonna switch it up. Oh snap! I'm, you're right. It's a gotta have it. Wow. It's See, a gotta have from it. from a leave it to a gotta have it. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. Started I, from the bottom. Now we hear. <laughs> Just exactly what David Bowie would want to hear. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ending it on a positive note, because I'm I'm sure if he were to listen to our podcast today, he'd be like, "You you blokes know you wankers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know nothing what you're talking about. My yeah. first album is a masterpiece. I'm not even going to attempt to try and do an accent. <laughs> no. I, I don't think I could do a David Bowie not, voice. Not today. Not today. Yeah, no, no, no. No, not today. Yeah. Not today. So, you know, I think to cap it off, I think you're absolutely right. Like, that's just, that's amazing to go from what he started out as and what he ended up with. And it's 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 been interesting doing this episode with you because... It kind of, like, obviously that's a long span of time. That's, what, 60, no, 50 years? 50 years, yeah. Something like that. Am I doing my math right? Yeah, 50 years. It came out in 67. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a huge gap. Music changed a lot in between there and then. But the fact is is that he was still able to be relevant Mm -hmm. prior to his death. Yeah. And he was able to leave us with a masterpiece. And that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That was so, cool. I like that. I like this new segment we're trying out here. Yeah. 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 I, I, I hope all the fans are too. Yeah. I'm trying to think what other bands we could, you know, like kind of thinking like the Beatles we mm. could do. Yeah. That'd be interesting to do the Beatles. Pink Floyd might be interesting. Well, they're still kind of making music, but. Yeah. That last one that they came out with 
they there wasn't even really any uh singing on it was there I think it was mainly instrumental, uh, I, right? You might be right on that. I never listened to it. Okay. Zeppelin might be good. Ooh, yeah. yeah Zeppelin would be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 let us, fans, let us know what you think. Do you like yeah. this segment? Do you not? Yeah, give it. Give us a recommendation. Yes, please. Nirvana would be a good one to do. Oh, Nirvana. Yeah. yeah. You need to watch that movie. Or, or we could do your favorite band, Sublime. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh God. Man. What I got. Earplugs. Because <laughs> you need them, brah. Adam, you cracked me up, buddy. You cracked me up. Uh, well, this uh, is fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really hope everybody who listened in enjoyed this. Sorry, it's not the usual format of new albums, but yeah. really, there's like nothing coming out. Well, next week. Oh, man. What are we doing next week? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, we know that James Blake is dropping an album sometime next week, so we'll get a review up at some point for that. We got Toro and Moy coming up soon. Yep. We've got Girlpool coming up soon. Yeah, we'll find something. Yeah, there's there's something. We'll we'll find something. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we we might have to dig into the archives. Ooh. Go a little underground, maybe. The underground. Wah wah. <laughs> what is that? I was like the stirp and all my people in the underground. <laughs> How does he do that? Wow. Wow. Like, it's not even like a scream, proper scream. It's like a... Uh, I got super fun. What's your favorite Disturbed song? Go. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to answer that whatsoever. It's, well, I don't know. I kind of like Stupefy. It's a pretty good one. What's the, I like, I think it's hilarious when they cover... What's that song? Land of Confusion, because all it is is just like triplets and of distortion, like. You do it so good, though. <laughs> I am so impressed with you. I should try that at karaoke sometime. <laughs> it's like, hmm, how can we be like Metallica but worse? Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> how can we be Metallica but worse? <laughs> Oh man! Well, I feel like Metallica was like, "Oh yeah, well we're gonna drop Saint Anger." What do you think of that? Uh, oh jeez. Oh no. There's I I I just remember the one point when I knew I hated that album <laughs> was when he just started making up words and he's like, "Rejector, Tjector, Cjector, Bjector," like it just all these random words that made no sense, just nonsensical babble. And the drums just sounded like tin cans that were being banged on. Oh, oh yeah, the drums. Not, oh, not good. Not, not good indeed. Mm-mm. So. Oh. Right. Uh-oh. Wow. You we got need... something. Well, it comes out next week. I don't know what how we'll be able to watch it, but there's a new Netflix movie about the Fire Festival. Oh. We should watch that and talk about that. I like that idea, too. Yeah, that might be fun. I like that. Netflix... Keep on, keep on giving us the good stuff. Yeah, for those who don't know, the Fire Festival happened in, was it Jamaica? Or the Bahamas, I believe. Yeah, and Bahamas. Mm. Let's just say it did not turn out the way people thought it did. And... Uh, no, it did not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, 
Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, yes. we are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We're on Google Music and our website, g4dpodcast.com. Keep the reviews coming. Tweet us, Instagram us, Facebook us. We're on G4D Podcast. Tell us we rule. Tell us we suck. We will read your reviews yes. on air. As and be the person, <laughs> right? Right. As long as you're, and you will be person of the week, like Kate was. Thanks, Kate. Yes. Well, well we technically had two people a week. Oh yeah, we, we had, had Trevor, Trevor earlier, and then we had uh, Kate today. Yeah. So be the person of is the it, podcast. Is it, is it like King of like the Hill? Like if one person does it, then the other person posts, and they knock them down. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's how it'll be. All right. Co- uh, Coffee King. <laughs> Coffee Queen. Sorry. <laughs> Coffee King or Queen. Whichever. Didn't mean to. To specify gender, apologies. <laughs> oh, you, you can be whatever coffee person you want to be. Oh, you you become too PC, Adam. <laughs> hey man, I don't want to offend anyone. That's not my job here. No, 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 no. That is not our job here. We love everybody. That's Come right, we do. Hang out with us twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays here on G4D, aka Grounds for Discussion. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of G4D, Grounds for Discussion with Adam and John. Stay up to date on future episodes and all our caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at G4Dpodcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.